Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show, which is in its 14th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8pm on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web at www.3wbc.org.au. Here is a recorded interview first played on the 30th of August 2019 by Ian Salick with Jonathan Shepherd, past president of the Rotary Club of Kew, assistant governor and assistant governor mentor of District 9800 and currently a director of club service on the District 9800 board. You're listening to 94.1 FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and this is the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show. I'm Ian Salick. The show is right here through until 8 o'clock tonight. And now it's a real pleasure this evening to have with me a friend, a fellow presenter on this radio show, and someone who spends an inordinate amount of time working for Rotary in District 9800 whilst continuing to work full time. Jonathan Shepherd is a proud member of the Rotary Club of Q and a past president of that club. He has held the role of Assistant Governor in District 9800 and currently is both Assistant Governor Mentor and is also on the board of District 9800 as a Director of Club Service. And besides all that, he manages to frequently present on this radio show. Jonathan and his wife Elizabeth have recently returned from the Rotary International Convention in Hamburg, Germany. So he has got stacks to talk about. Jonathan Shepherd, a very warm welcome to the show, your show. Thank you, Ian. It's great to be on. It's uh, funny to be on this side of the desk instead of your side. Uh, So it's uh, something a bit interesting to be interviewed, not to be the interviewer. Well, it'll be a different sensation for you, I'm sure, Jonathan, but you'll be back on this side of the desk before very long. Jonathan, before we talk about Rotary, let's talk a little about you, because I always like to find out about my interviewee, Um, even though my interviewee is a presenter. Where were you born? The deep, dark secrets you're looking for. Well, I was born not far from where I live, in St George's Hospital Q in Cotham Road, so I haven't travelled far in my life. Um, And then uh, my parents have always lived in their same house in in Bourne and um, they've, they've, since they were married post-war, post-World War Two, and um, so I haven't travelled far and I don't live, I live 500 metres from there, so I'm a, I'm a well-travelled man. Well I can tell you then, you're very much a Burundara man and as we both know very well, 3WBC stands for Three White Horse Burundara Community radio so uh, you're very much a Burundara man living in Kew. I do indeed now and having worked also in Burundara um, so I've I've certainly got um, certainly know the area back to front. You do you do and we might talk about what you're doing. Um, Was yours a large family? Well in today's terms I guess it is there was six of us I had uh, two brothers and a sister so there was four children I'm the youngest and the cutest they say um, and um, they, they, so I had an older sister, two brothers who were twins, and myself. So yes, quite a large family. And I know your father was a doctor. Yes. Did he work in the uh, the Q area as well? Well, it's interesting you mention that because he, of course, came back from the war and was given the opportunity to go back to university. He was originally before going to the war as a Spitfire pilot. Um, he uh, he was a teacher in a bush school in Doncaster. How fascinating. And yeah, he was, a, he was a teacher there. And then when he left, uh, the kids all saved their money and 
bought him a little wallet, which he, well, he still has, he's passed now, but um, with a little Air Force wings on it. He, he holds that as a very, one of his treasured um, items, very proud of that. And he joined the uh, Air Force and um, did all sorts of things, crashed a couple of planes. And uh, anyway, he did his service. Coming back, they offered him the opportunity to go back to university. So he decided to become a doctor, which meant, and then he and mum got together and, and got married and they had to go up to Mildura for the last few years of his, uh, his teaching. So where did he practice as a doctor? Well, he was uh, primarily, a, uh, he was medical superintendent of the Mount Royal Geriatric Hospital, which is now part of St. Vincent's, I believe. No, no, Royal Melbourne, Royal Melbourne, uh, in Parkville. Right. And, uh, and many stories about that, but I'll, I'll get back to that. But um, it's, it shows how much Melbourne is a small world, and I'll touch on that in a moment. But he was in Parkville, but he also worked at a number of other places did, and did private practice because he had four children in private school. So he worked three jobs. And don't tell anybody that if you go to private school, you've loaded you know, lots of money. It, most people who go to private school, mum and dad, sacrifice and work very hard to to keep the children that's there. very true very and, true and i've been very grateful for that i probably didn't use the most of my opportunities i was given there but um uh, you know i was very grateful and i knew how how hard my father worked and how much my parents scrimped and saved to make sure we, you must we be very there. proud it's a very proud thing yes to to know that that happens and so many families as you say uh, have that experience where that uh, where that hard work ethic gets the children through to private school. So, well done. Now, Jonathan, uh, I know that you're in real estate. Uh, was this the first profession that you took up after finishing your education? Well, yes, it was. I, I kind of thought, I didn't know what I wanted to do at school. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, Dad's a doctor, that'd be nice, and it'd be nice to help people and everything else. But I was very quickly told that I wasn't, I was gonna ruin the school's marks if I, if I went down <laughs> that pursuit. So I was asked to pursue other areas. So. Uh, the next, my next objective was to be rich and famous. So <laughs> I, I'm still working on that part as well. Uh, so I, um, I decided to, I didn't know quite what I wanted and after a lot of advice, and I knew a, an estate agent at the local church um, who was also a Rotarian, and Neil Burgess. Uh, and he, uh, I chatted with him and eventually gave me an opportunity for an interview and I went into real estate. And what was the first company that you joined? Well, I've only, I've only not done much yet. I'm a really bad interviewee. I haven't done a lot of money. No, no, not at all. Um, not at all. Because, because I, know, I know now that you're uh, doing private uh, real estate work. You're, a, you're an advocate, aren't you? That's right. Well, after a, a long time in real estate, and then I went out for a while, went back to university, and while the children were little, and did a three-year full-time marketing course at um, Caulfield, what was Caulfield then, but now it's uh, uh, Monash University. And, um, and then worked with uh, Amcor for a while and then uh, Telstra for a while, and that's something you can't be too proud of nowadays. Uh, and, and then um, I went back into real estate because I'd never got out of it. People kept asking me when, even when I worked for these other companies, oh, can you come and bid for me? Or what should I do about this? What should I do about that? So I, I was really never out of it, although I wasn't getting paid for it. It's a testament to your expertise. Oh, that's yes. what it is. That's so very, very good. Now, Jonathan, when and where did you first join Rotary? Rotary, I was asked, um, I actually remember the day quite well. I was at a, um, I, my mother-in-law would drag myself and Elizabeth along to a, a church Christmas party at the Methodist church around the corner. And um, Reverend George Grant was there and I knew George Grant from, um, you know, from church and everything else. And he'd been a family friend for a long time. And he said to me, you should come and join Rotary. 
And I thought, you know, typical, uh, don't have time, couldn't be bothered, da-da-da-da, you know, all the usual excuses go through your mind. And I, I sort of said those to I thought about it later and I thought, well, it's an opportunity for mentoring in the business I'm in, not for networking, I should say. In the business I'm in, networking is what it's all about. So I um, thought, oh, I'll go along. And he invited me along to the Rotary Club of Kew, which was meeting at Leonda in Hawthorne. And I went down there and I must admit, I was made very welcome and decided I'd join, sort of talked into it and I decided I'd join. and. Um, I decided then, and, and of course, my, the president, the next president for the following year, I joined in May of 2005, if my memory serves me correctly, and I was sergeant by 1st of July of the following year. You years. were pressed into I service. I was pressed into service, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was terrified on my first meeting as sergeant. I didn't know hardly anybody, and I didn't know what to do, and oh, all sorts of things. But fortunately, my... My father had been in Rotary in North Melbourne. Ah. And my older brother, Peter, had been a long-serving member at Baldwin. So that is a motivation, isn't it, for you to do that? I know there was a networking opportunity there, but I do always ask people what motivated them. Some of them say, well, I wanted to do volunteer work. I worked as a scout or I was in, um, you know, if, it, if, it's, a, if it's a woman's, I was in Girl Guides or I, you know, chopped wood at school, you know, and helped the Red Cross. But... In that instance, your family was involved in Rotary, so you were well aware of Rotary. Well aware of Rotary, although I, I often remember my brother coming home from doing the Campbell Market, the ball, Rotary Club of Bourne doing the Campbell Market, and he was frozen solid from being on the gate in winter. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I don't really want to do that. Is that what Rotary's all about? But of course, knowing different now, but you, you, you take on these experiences. And I remember my father coming home and he was... He said he was fined at Rotary today two, two, 20 cents for shepherding his children across the road at church. He'd been spotted by one of the other members. We were on our way across Burke Road. So he was shepherding. And I always thought that was funny and I, I put that away in my mind. But the other thing, I guess, you know, life's been good to me overall and I wanted to give back and I thought this might be a good opportunity both to give back but also for business. So that's a, no, that's a fine ethic to want to do that. So many people today are looking to take out of society, not put back into society. And Rotarians are certainly those that want to put into society. So you joined the Rotary Club of Kew. Yes. Uh, the late Reverend George Grant, who was a real personality, and I remember him being a wonderful recruiter. He is. In one year, I think he got about six or nine members. I heard it was nine. Something Jonathan. like that. He got the he got the district record for that. He did. He did, and he was no spring chicken. George, no, was no, he? but he'd, he'd sort of pounce on people in the street and. He'd meet people at the local coffee shop and he'd do it, and the local lawnmower shop and the cafe. He, everywhere he met, he didn't ever fail to mention the opportunity of joining Rotary. It's so easy to ask people, and people want to, want to uh, you know, do service in the community. It's it not that difficult, yeah. but a lot of people in Rotary don't ask, and we yeah. encourage that to happen. Now, when did you actually join in queue? I, at that date, it was May, I think it was 2005. 2005. I've only had one club. I haven't gone far, I haven't moved far, I've only no, had one club. But you've done wonderful service yeah. there. You mentioned about service, actually. Of course, there's other things in the community. I've um, volunteer work. I've, we started a neighbourhood watch in the, in the local area. Um, I did uh, uh, do some church and youth work, Elizabeth and I, when we were in our younger days. And I also stood for Parliament. There's a little fact you didn't know. Now, I didn't know that, Jonathan. And as we're apolitical, I'm not going to ask you what party I it is for. I stood as an independent. Ah, well, therefore, I don't have to That's worry. That's right, you don't need to worry. You stood as an independent for the state, for the state, state seat? Yeah, when Kennett got in, 92, 
and uh, we live in the safest seat in in Australia. In Q. In Q. And yes. so, um, it, the, the very rarely does the member come out. You're, very, you're lucky to get a pamphlet in the letterbox, right? They don't have to do anything. They always win. I thought, well, I'll go and stir up. Jan Wade was the other. Ah, the former member. Attorney General. Yes, right. Yes, so I thought, yes. I'll stir Jan Wade up and I'll go for it. I got 8% of the primary vote. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. only allowed to spend $1,500 all up. If there was a state senate, you probably would have got into that, you know. Well, that or eventually. If the upper house was like that, you probably would have got in. Mm. Well, I didn't know that about you, Jonathan. So and that's fascinating. Go. That's fascinating. The getting the deep down. Uh, and, and, and I know that uh, I know that Q is a pretty strong seat because I currently aware that of course in Q the former mayor of Stonington, yes. Tim Smith, Tim Smith is now the member for Q. But let's just move on a little bit. Uh, let's not the get Q too Rotary Club. Yes, yes. Is yes. there a good mix of professions and men and women? in your club? Well, when I started, there certainly was. Um, the club's getting a bit older now, uh, and we've, but we've had a variety of, you know, they're not current anymore, but there's certainly a variety of different professions there. But um, when I first joined, there were there were all sorts of people. It was really fascinating and to get to know them all and everything else and a different mix of people. And it was great to, to, to um, network and mix with them and uh, socially and professionally and as well as um, learning from them. You Good. Know, I, I learned a lot from a lot of them. And I have to say, and sort of jumping around a bit, that you know, Rotary's been huge for my business. The members have been very supportive and encouraging when I did leave Woodards and started my own business. And that's actually how I got into it, but we'll probably get onto that later on. So. We should do that. It is worthwhile stressing that Rotary, there is great camaraderie in Rotary. There is great networking in Rotary, and I think it's very, very good. And the other thing that's very important isn't it, uh, Jonathan? Very important for people, young people especially, for their CV, to say that they're involved in a, an organisation that does community work. Yes. Very, very important. And, and I think people are recognised for that. Besides the professional contacts that they make, you get recognition for doing things. And if you enjoy doing them, the recognition is fully there. Well, I saw that once uh, going through customs in America. They're pretty tight. And there's all these huge people in black uniforms, you know, that looking pretty f officious. Uh, um, and they, um, and I thought, oh, and the guns and everything else. And I thought, this is going to take hours, and, you know. And the, wo the woman, I think, just simply uh, looked at my Rotary badge, asked which club I was in, and then said, my father's in the Rotary Club of so-and-so, stamped my passport, and off I went. The magic, <laughs> the magic I always passport. Think it, it does open doors well, a little bit from time Well, it, time. it does, and there are 1.2 million members of Rotary worldwide. So uh, it was great that you had somebody at customs to let you through oh, so speedily. I just thought, you know, not everybody you're, had that you're privilege. You're a bit of suspect as I am. Sometimes it'll help along the way. Very, very good. And, and you hadn't had a shave. Yeah. I'm sure you had. Now, Jonathan, <laughs> yes. uh, you might like to let our listeners know some of the great work that the Rotary Club of Q does, both locally and internationally. Well, we have a number of different uh, activities going on, Ian. Um, uh, one of our members runs the Sumba Eye Program. They've been going that for years and they've been going to Sumba and doing eye operations, providing glasses and all that sort of thing. So that's a great uh, opportunity there to work the magic of Rotary. And the wonderful thing is they're not just going there and giving and doing these things, they're training and eventually hopefully doing themselves out of a job, which is the key to, I think, all this, is to help out but train to let the locals look after themselves so that we don't have anything we'd have to do there anymore. I think that's a great way to finish a project. It is, and I know it's a very collaborative program by two of the Rotary Clubs 
in Burundara, the Rotary Club of Kew, your club, mm -hmm. and the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry. And I know it's a combined effort for, for both uh, ophthalmic surgeons and also for opticians, and that has been a wonderful project and uh, has been a, a fabulous program. Uh, for many years going up to Sumba in, in, into really a third world environment it really is, and really. giving people back sight yeah. and allowing them to more socially integrate into the community. Yes. Well, so a lot of these uh, problems they have really affect their life, their livelihood and everything else. So they are really social outcasts until they get these fixed. And as you said, it's a networking between two clubs, between a number of members who have different skills who take that. <clears throat> and a lot of volunteers and a lot of support from um, uh, organisations in Australia and they go go over to Sumba every year or sometimes twice a year, don't they? They do and they're going a little further afield now, uh, as I understand it, to Timor-Leste as well. They're looking at that area as well. But Jonathan, that's an international project, but you have at the Rotary Club of Q a very, very special local project don't you well we do it's i guess it, you call it a project or a fundraising activity but it's the garden design fest developed by the members uh, and that is um, uh, every two years uh, a number of garden designers uh, designers uh, in, open their gardens that they've done and a lot of people enjoy melbourne melbournians love going to gardens and uh, they they love coming along we that's very well supported particularly if the weather's all right the first First one we did, which I wasn't involved in, it poured rain the whole weekend. But other than that, we've had great weather and fully supported. We raise more and more funds there every two years. And it's, uh, and it's an opportunity for designers to talk to people. And many of the designers get business out of that that then they show off in a couple of years later on. Some beautiful gardens. When is the next one coming up? I think we've got one. Uh, no, good question. They've got one coming up, not of course this year, but next year. So. And are there any more local... Let me check on those dates. Right, well, we, we can come back and we can talk about that. What, uh, what other local projects uh, are you involved in with the Rotary Club of Kew? Have you well, got another one of your iconic local projects? Yes, well, there's certainly we have an opportunity shop or now a fair trade shop in High Street, East Kew. Lovely name. Yes, is it a fair trade? Well, they do. It's, it's a fair trade of the goods. We get them for free and then we sell them to other people. I think it's fair. <laughs> um, but they bring in a lot of things from East Timor, where Jill has a, a lot of work. She's it's Jill Forsyth. Jill Forsyth. OAM. Oh, yep. club. Yes, AM. Uh, no, OAM, I should say. Yes. Uh, and um, she does a lot uh, lot there in East Timor. She does a, a, makes a big difference there. And now this is her way of helping um, bring all that, those things across to Melbourne and they're, they're for sale at the shop and of course all the other bits and pieces that people kindly donate. There's some great bargains there. It's a very good club, a very active club and a very genuine club. Uh, Jonathan, can you let our listeners know how they might uh, join your club? How would they go about doing that? Well, you can have a look at our website, uh, Rotary Q, um, dot, I think it's .org.au. Uh, but just look up, put Rotary uh, Q in, and that's where it comes up. You'll see our website. Or you can get in touch with any of the members or myself uh, to, uh, to come along and join. We, we meet at the Q Golf Club on a Thursday lunchtime. And uh, that's at, uh, at start at 1 o'clock, so 12.30 for a 1 o'clock start at lunch in the lovely Q Golf Club. Plenty of parking, easy access, 
and uh, we finish promptly at two. For those needing to go back to work, finish promptly at two, out the door, and uh, so you'll enjoy that. A lot of social activities, a lot of things happening. So it's a great club to join. I'm very proud of it. I like, I enjoy going. As you should be. So the key to finding out more about that is to go into the website, the Rotary Club of Q website, website, which is easily found, uh, and to find out how they can join that club. If they're available for lunch on a Thursday, the Rotary Club of Q is a wonderful club to join. Mm-hmm. Well, Jonathan, thank you. Uh, I want to take a little break here and uh, we're going to play some music. And when we come back, I'd very much like to find out uh, about your work for Rotary District because you're so fully involved in district. Not only are you a good club man, you're a great district man. And I also want to find out about your recent experience uh, when you and Elizabeth, your wife, were at the Rotary International Convention in Hamburg. Welcome back, this is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and we're back talking with Jonathan Shepherd, a member of the Rotary Club of Kew and a past president of that club. Jonathan has also held the roles of Assistant Governor in District 9800, Assistant Governor Mentor, and currently Jonathan is a Director of Club Service on the District 9800 Board. Now, Jonathan, you started your work at district level as an assistant governor, as we've just uh, been talking about. What did that initially involve? And you might care to explain for those non-Rotarians that are listening the way districts are divided into clusters. All oh, right. Thank you, Ian. Yes, I certainly enjoyed the music. Um, um, yes, in regards to that, I was invited uh, by uh, the then district governor, or coming up to be district governor, Neville John, in 2016, 2017 was his year. He invited me to have a two-year uh, appointment as an assistant governor, which he appointed me to the East Side Cluster. East Side Cluster involves a number of clubs, being a Camberwell, Canterbury, Bourne and Northbourne. So we have four clubs in a cluster. Uh, districts, for those uh, not uh, familiar with Rotary, districts, the Rotary District of uh, 9800 is divided into 15 clusters. These clusters are made up of about four or five clubs, depending on each cluster. And uh, they're a group of clubs that work together on different projects and so forth. And I was very pleased to be asked to look after uh, four very um, different sort of clubs. They're, they've got certainly different strengths and, and weaknesses, but they're, they're great clubs. and. Uh, I was very pleased to look after them and they do all sorts of exciting projects uh, both locally and internationally Uh, and as a mentor I was able to, uh, sorry as an assistant governor I was able to put put them together and get them to work together in different uh, different clubs uh, within the cluster uh, working together on different projects. And you just mentioned the fact that uh, you were an assistant governor mentor that, that sort of evolved uh, that was a promotion. What did that actually mean? Well, after finishing up the two years with Eastside, um, I was then invited by the then current uh, district governor uh, to uh, Bronwyn Stevens to uh, be district governor mentor, which means I look after all the district governors, uh, and that's great too because you get to see what's happening throughout District Nine Eight Hundred in Rotary and uh, having a chat to them all and uh, looking after them, that they look after the clubs and the club presidents in each of the uh, clusters. So uh, it's, a, I guess, a slightly hierarchical sense, but it amounts to uh, being able to uh, work with the different district assistant governors 
and their presidents and so forth and hearing what's going on and if there's any problems or any issues they need to help res resolve or moving through with different projects and I do that. Well it's a big organisation and from time to time people uh, do have issues that arise that you need to put oil on troubled waters, I no doubt that happens with every organisation. Uh, there are obviously very few for Rotary but from time to time they need a wise head and somebody from outside and you are able to facilitate that discussion I take it in a number of instances. Indeed yes, you know, where you've got a, a large group of people uh, then the, the occasional irritation or, or whatever comes um, becomes apparent and people need to chat about these but it's also seeing an overview of the cluster and then of the district you get to see what projects are happening in different areas and some clubs and some clusters don't know that other clubs in our district are working in a similar area say in different parts of the world and you put those different clubs together by seeing the big picture you put the different clubs together and then you're able to um, get them to work together on the same or similar projects in similar areas and then they don't have to uh, duplicate areas and so forth. So it's a great way of uh, not only um, uh, streamlining projects and streamlining the different clubs and different clusters, uh, then you're in a position to um, uh, help them and overcome any problems such they might have a developing a project or dealing in a country or something. Yes, we've dealt with that in, with another club. We then um, uh, give them the information they'll need. One of the great things about Rotary is the support from district. The clubs are paramount always, but when you want guidance, the district is always there to provide it, not to overshadow what the clubs are doing, but to provide support, guidance, encouragement, and direction, huh? uh, uh, you know, that's Ab the district's work. Absolutely, and uh, often clubs and a president might see uh, that people coming from district are coming from head office. It's actually the reverse. Right. It's actually the reverse. Right. Um, we're there simply to provide any sort of assistance and uh, guidance and help any of the clubs need. Because as you quite rightly said, clubs are the paramount. They're the ones at the top of the tree. And all of us are there to provide assistance to make the clubs run easier, to run better, and perhaps not duplicate things or anything else where they don't need to. So we're certainly in a position to help our clubs and look after them and provide assistance that other, others may have uh, uh, gone through and we share that with them. It's a very well-run and well-oiled organisation, Rotary. Now, when that role was completed at the end of last year, you became uh, a very much more involved person on the District 9800 Board as Director of Club Service. Please tell our listeners what that area of service involves. Well, I actually haven't finished up as Assistant Governor Mentor. I'm still looking after that. Concurrently, you're working Concurrently, in both areas. They're both areas, that's right. Um, uh, many would say, uh, what is it? Uh, um, jack of jack of all and master of none, but uh, I'm looking after. I've been asked to also look after club service because I probably open my big mouth once too often and was saying we need to look at this and we need to look at that, and so that's how they. Well, say, that's well, a great honour, Jonathan, that you are <laughs> concurrently doing those both of those roles because usually uh, those roles are split, are they not? They are indeed, and uh, I've taken uh, uh, up the role of uh, director of club uh, service. Uh, from a district level after the wonderful Yvonne Flynn um, was managing it. She certainly sorted, sorted all out. It's a bit of a, an interesting role. It's not very specific because it covers things like admin and programs, uh, you know, speaker bank, 
fellowship, uh, social activities, district conference and Rotary International Conference, planning, uh, club visioning, which I've just gone through with my club, um, strategic planning, Rotary Connects, uh, risk management and Recognition to those clubs that are doing Certainly recognition, things, presidential citations, absolutely, district recognitions, community awards and the Australian honours award system, working your way through that for club members is often difficult. Communication, helping them with bulletins, social media and website, which I must admit I'm, I have experts to help me with that, I'm not, as, not that good with it. So there's a whole variety of things that just need some sort of support again, some help, uh, and bring it all together so that clubs can uh, run and function very well. Are you finding that clubs are ringing you on a regular basis? Phone never seems to stop, but uh, yes, it's one thing or another, but it's always nice to be wanted and nice to ask uh, people asking my assistance, but often it's a matter of just redirecting them to where they need to go to get that help. I don't have all the answers, but I'm hoping I can at least direct them towards. And that's important. And, and of course, District 9800 has a very comprehensive website, has it not? Yes, it's a great website. And there's also My Rotary uh, and all sorts of other areas of um, information sourcing. There's the old, the, the, for those in the print, print media, we used to have the directories. Now that's all online. But there's information in there on how to do different things like finding speakers, on how to present awards. Um, then we've got specialists to help you if you want to get an Order of Australia for a member, which a lot of our members certainly all deserve because they, uh, they do such great work. And we've got specialists who can do that. Bob Slater helps you with that. So I direct them to the right people to help them get that job done. As I said before, Rotary is a very well-run organisation and could be an excellent template for companies around the world. Um, Rotary has obviously taken some of those uh, actions from companies around the world, from corporations, but has that volunteer's emphasis always behind it, recognising that people volunteer for activities. Uh, and uh, it's not a matter of demanding, it's a matter of cajoling and co-opting, isn't it, in well, terms of people to work you certainly in, a, in an organised way. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Um it's, it's one of those things that the, where the police mentoring program came from is that to support the police in their development and the changing environment of, of not only the police force but business in general and the fact that we're now not command and control type way of doing business. We have to be more conciliatory and, and getting people involved and wanting to come along and that's where Rotary teaches us Rotarians and people from outside how to, how to do that. Con teaches consensus and work with which are two very important facets of what Rotary does. Yeah. Now, absolutely. Jonathan, I know that you recently returned from a wonderful event, the Rotary <coughs> Convention, which is held uh, internationally every year in various places. Where was the convention uh, a few months ago? Well, I have to admit to everybody, this is my first uh, Rotary Convention. I've been wanting to go for a while, but opportunity and when you work for yourself the opportunity to get away in the middle of the year just doesn't usually come about so I took the opportunity of going on a rotary cruise prior to the convention and then on the 1st to the 5th of June we went to Hamburg Germany where this year's convention was Fascinating. Which is a lovely spot we were made to be feel very welcome um, there was Rotarians everywhere on every tram stop or every <laughs> train station and bus stop and Rotary every street. Well, it was, but they were all there directing us how to get, particularly in the early days, how to get there, how to get to your hotels, how to look after yourself. And it was wonderful. The, the Germans were magnificent hosts and we felt very safe and very looked after. 
Um, and it was an ex a very interesting experience because of 26,000 attended and it's in huge mm. halls and you run, you have to walk about 50 miles to get to all the different things because there's um, the House of Fellowship, um, uh, House of Friendship there and there are two versions of those. Uh, one was all Rotary programs and Rotary clubs and Rotary activity. The second one was more third-party supplies to Rotary, people wanting to get involved with Rotary and so forth. Now, each of these ones is probably the size of our total exhibition centre. So there's two of those, and they had them in streets and roads. So if you didn't know how to navigate streets and roads, you could have got lost. It was such an enormous undertaking. So you walked Hamburg. Well, this was just inside the centre. Yeah. And then, of course, to get there, we, we, we had an accommodation nearby, so about 900 metres away. So we were very fortunate and walked there every day. And the transport system was great. It was free, uh, and it was very good. And uh, So I, I can highly recommend it. In the morning, we had uh, speakers, general speakers from around the world, and in the afternoon, breakout sessions. And there was about seven or eight different breakout sessions every hour, but they were split over the hour and half hour. So you had to manage your day. We sat down and my wife and I, we, we managed out our program and she went to some and I went to others. To oh, you didn't it. necessarily go together. You well, were... no, I don't think we spent most of the day together because we ended up at the end of the day because yes. there was so much to hear and so many interesting sessions to, to listen to and breakout sessions to, to attend uh, that you had to split up to try and get hold of them. And we had to very carefully go through them all and say, no, we can't go to that, we don't want to go to that, we were interested in this or we're interested in that because there's so much to do. Right, to, what to were a couple of the breakout sessions that you Oh, recall? there's things Tell like um, how to get members and there's legal sides of things, there's working with youth, there's working on, um, just these are general concepts. Yes, yes. So there's a general concept idea. So um, you'd have, um, you know, the online space, how to create videos for your club, all sorts of different things. Um, and there was actually one, the first one I went to was welcome for first time attendees at conventions. Oh, so they even had good. their own yeah, session good. and they were helped there by one of the directors and so forth and what to do at convention. Good stuff, get good stuff. A lot of fun. I'm gonna say one more thing. On the Sunday, Hamburg opened everything to Rotarians for free and it was just great. You just go anywhere, do everything for free. You weren't drinking free beer, were you? No, I was interested though. Um, there's interest, I didn't know this, but there are interest groups. I knew sort of the concept. There are interest groups within Rotary. People play golf or tennis or hiking or, or fly. flying, flying Rotarians, which we had. There was some for gin. There was some for beer and a wine appreciation <laughs> society. So I've decided I should join those. I can see there's a lot of value in being part of that. Very fascinating, of course. Every region of Germany, of course, yes, yes. has its own beer. So oh, uh, yes, it must and have been a lot of fun. And their own glass to go with that beer. An unbelievable per head uh, of drinking uh, accomplishments, I'm sure. Now, oh, but the um, other thing, I'm sorry to interrupt you, and one other thing I must say is I enjoyed the networking. You'd go to a restaurant or go somewhere and you'd sit down with people you'd never met, you never knew, and you were great friends by the end of the afternoon or the end of the that day. That is a great thing about it. It was just wonderful. It was great camaraderie. On the great camaraderie. Waiting for a tram or train, waiting on a train station, waiting for a bus. You meet all these people and you just sit down and chat with them. Now, did you have your lanyard on or did you have your rotary badge, which was the passport to conversation? You had to wear your lanyard yeah. and you didn't feel so bad because there were 26,000 other people invading <laughs> Hamburg with your lanyard yeah. on, but that gave you free public transport. If you had that available, 
everything was free for the entire How period. wonderful. And great boost for the city of Hamburg, obviously. I think we spent a few bobs. I would think so. Now, the next one, in terms of 2020, is going to be held where, Jonathan? Ah, now, we've got... They're, they're held in different parts of the world every year. Uh, next year, 2020, is Hawaii, and I believe a lot of that is booked oh, no out already. Oh, no want to go to that. Well, they had a huge stand. <laughs> oh, I bet they will. And people were queuing up on day one, yeah, and bet. then they paid their registration. So I believe it's going very well I already. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. What a wonderful destination. Hawaii, between the 7th and 10th of June, 2020. And then after that, 2021, Taipei, Taiwan, on the 13th to the 16th of June. And the fault is this is how well they booked they they organize all these things then texas in 2022 be fascinating 5th to 8th of june and then of and course the one i'm most excited about melbourne 2023 mention this to our listeners because this is a coup for rotary in australia there was one in sydney a few years ago but this is a coup for melbourne it is and 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 a coup uh, you know, for Rotary and, and Melbourne, the city of Melbourne is going to be boosted by one of the largest conventions ever. Is That's that right. correct? That's right. It, it will be and it's fully supported by the state government and the city of Melbourne. But um, in 2023, Melbourne, 27th to 31st of May, a little earlier, that allows the, a lot of the Rotarians to get back for their changeovers. Uh, but uh, it'll be in Melbourne, the second time in Melbourne ever and, and about the third or fourth time in the Southern Hemisphere. It's only very few times in the Southern Hemisphere. And this will be one of the times, and I think one of the few cities that's had it twice like this. So It's a huge accolade for Melbourne. It is. And speaks very highly of those on the Rotary Organising Committee and the City of Melbourne, I know, and the State Government. Yes. That yes. have supported it very highly because it really does bring a lot of tourists, i.e. Rotarians, into the state for a wonderful event. It's going to be held in a number of venues, is it not? A couple of venues, I believe. I've heard uh, rumour. Of course, it's, it's all top secret at the moment. Oh, but of course, I yeah. can sneak out a little bit at yeah. the, the Exhibition Centre and the Tennis Centre. Yes, Rod Labour uh, Arena. Rod yeah. there. So um, it'll be spread over a couple of areas. And it is like that. There's a, there was actually two official openings in the morning and one in the afternoon in Hamburg because, of course, there's so many people. And to get them all seated in one area is, is, is impossible. Do they have, or did they have in Hamburg, a dinner? A major dinner, or was that usually split up over the nights and uh, clubs and districts within Rotary? Because there are 1.2 million people in Rotary, and there were 26,000 in Hamburg. I suppose very difficult to get uh, one venue for a dinner. It was, and it was a bit of a disappointment because it was spread across a lot of different venues and different styles, and there was visits to uh, the opera and visits to the ballet and visits to music recitals and visits to churches and things, but they're all relatively small and they were booked out a long time ago. So having come in late on the booking, we missed out on all those. But one thing we did join in was a big walk around the lake in Hamburg. We got to this town centre and they had music running first thing in the morning. They had breakfast running there. Then they all gave you red in polio t-shirts so thousands of us had all these red t-shirts on and we went walking around this giant mass and we ended up getting completely surrounding a bit like Albert for Melbourne meet people Albert Park Lake or a bit bigger than that and we completely surrounded it with thousands of people in red end polio t-shirts and it really made a huge impact and the police were there and the traffic just completely missed us they were all happy with us and the police were there looking after us and it was just a wonderful event first thing in the morning and there were people there all the way along handing out 
things to eat and things to drink and cheer and you take photos with everybody and it was a great opportunity to meet all these different countries, people from different countries. I can hear you are very enthusiastic about it. It was good, it. yeah. And that sort of enthusiasm augurs well for Melbourne uh, because if Melbourne puts on a show anywhere near like what Hamburg was doing, uh, this city will be enhanced greatly by it. Well, I've certainly got to, um, uh, got to set Melbourne on the world stage again for another reason. You know, we do so much uh, sport and that sort of thing. So it'll certainly set the Mel uh, Melbourne on the world stage for Rotary and, and 1.2 million members. Um, it will be good. I'm, the other countries have set the bar very high. I'm hoping we can do it, but I'm, I'm sure we can. And I would like to think we're going to show them a bit of Melbourne hospitality, a bit of Australian hospitality. Welcome home and come to our house. It's a good city to do it. Is there any projection at this stage, Jonathan, of the numbers that are likely to come down under? I think they're talking about 20,000, but again, we'll have to wait and see. We're a long way off. A few Americans are a bit concerned about the distance, but I told them it's downhill all the way, so <laughs> they are happy Very now, good. so they'll, they'll be coming. Uh, it's just I haven't told Very them it's good. uphill on the way home. You should be on the promotion committee because your enthusiasm shines through. Now, Jonathan, as we discussed in the first part of our interview a little while ago, the heart of Rotary is the club. We've been talking about the club being the paramount component in Rotary. So listeners, if you like the sound of what Jonathan has been doing at club level and at district level, or as he's just said, mixing with Rotarians overseas and want to join Rotary, please strongly consider doing so. For younger Rotarians, it's a great thing to do on your CV, being part of an organisation. And Jonathan, because you're a member of the Rotary Club of Q and a former president. Uh, tell us please about some of the details of your club so that if any members want to join in the Burundara area, mm -hmm. they can join the Rotary Club of Q. What do they do to contact? What's the first, first move? Certainly. Uh, well, uh, get on our website. It's Rotary Club of Q, rotaryclubofq.org.au. Um, you can come and join us for lunch. Let us know first. Uh, there's contact details of our, cl of our club president, Chris Hewitt. What day uh, is that lunch? That's on Thursday. We have lunch on Thursday and uh, that's at the Q Golf Club, which is a magnificent facility. Lovely, lovely views, lovely, lovely lunch. And we'd love to have you along and join us uh, to come along and just see if you like it. There are a variety of other clubs in Burundara, as I've already mentioned, and two clusters and uh, eight clubs, or there'll be seven clubs shortly uh, in Burundara. And uh, so just in case lunch is not available for you, you can join one of those for most of them are evening clubs on almost every day except Friday of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, dinners at different clubs in different locations. But we're a lunch club and there's another lunch club, of course, in the, in the cluster as Great well. options of choice uh, to join Rotary and put something back into the community. And especially for young people, I, I know we recognise that quite a lot of young people want to see what they get out of society today. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people that we know, especially those that aren't joining Rotary, that want to put back into society and are dead keen to do projects in Rotary, aren't they? They are. Projects seem to be the glue, I guess, or the magnet to draw the younger people in. They, they're tending not to want to join clubs at this stage. They're wanting to get their hands dirty, get involved, and you'll see this in so many uh, projects that not only we run, but other. I've been in, in attendance with other clubs that run, and the people, uh, particularly the young people, love to get involved, and then they learn that the Rotary offers them the opportunity for leadership, the opportunity for mentoring, for networking, fellowship, and all sorts of things. And you'd be surprised then what Rotary, the doors that opens up, 
And so mem uh, the younger people are coming on to do work and they get involved and they stay stay for the party. It's a wise say. move, a yeah. wise move. Well, Jonathan Shepherd, thank you so much for joining us on the Rotary Radio Show on the other side of the microphone tonight. Uh, and that's the guest microphone here at 94.1 FM, 3WBC. And thank you especially, Jonathan, for what you do for Rotary and the Rotary Club of Q, the district, and of course for this radio show when you're sitting on my side of the desk interviewing. You are recognised by your club and in Rotary District 9800 as uh, very fully engaged, Jonathan, and very much hands-on, and we thank you for that. You deserve great praise. And listeners, Jonathan Shepherd is another fine example in Rotary of a Rotarian putting service above self. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, my pleasure, Ian, and it's uh, be great to be on your show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick, of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. More podcasts can be found on iTunes by typing into your browser Rotary Radio Doing Good in Victoria or alternatively by going to the Rotary District 9800 website at www.rotarydistrict9800.org.au and clicking on Rotary Radio.